Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. There is a way to win. The scripture said that uh, there's no temptation, there's no trial, there's no test happen to you but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. He won't allow you to be tested or tried above what you're able, but will with the temptation, the trial, make a way of escape. No matter what you're dealing with, according to God, there's a way out. Everybody say, there's a way out. There's a way, out. There's a way through, there's a way out, there's a way over. That means there's a way to uh, overcoming victory, overwhelming victory over the enemy because Christ has already purchased it and accomplished it. So uh, join faith with us and let's believe to see that today. Father, all of us agree together as touching these things, asking you for the anointing, for utterance, for guidance, for direction, for help. And uh, the next steps in your plan for us and the, the, the supply of the Spirit and grace and help to come up to the, the next place that you have for us. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our mind. Open the scriptures to us. Let us see how things really are and who you really are and your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In Hebrews 3, if you'd look with me again, We've been studying uh, in this series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. Unbelief is a, a very real threat to uh, everybody on the planet. It's a threat to be believers. You know, think about the very language, a believer in unbelief. <laughs> well, then you're not being what you are. You're not doing what you're made to do. And so uh, uh, we see that unbelief is a thief. It robs people of things that God would that they should have and enjoy. In Hebrews 3 and 7, it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Verse 10, he said, I was grieved with that generation, said they do always err in their heart. They've not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they'll not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren. Now this is fellow believers. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily while it's called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. If you skip down to the end of the chapter, it says, verse 18, To whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, 
but to them that believed not. So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. What robbed them of the promised land, of Canaan land, the land that flowed with milk and honey, where there were orchards and vineyards, they didn't plant, wells they didn't dig, houses they didn't build, full of all manner of good things, a life they could have enjoyed, freedom and prosperity and blessing, and never enjoyed a single day of it, but instead wandered around out in a dry, desolate desert and died young and died wrong? What caused that to happen? Not the mysterious will of God. This was not the plan of God for them. It was their own unbelief that robbed them of what could have been a wonderful life in a great place. And what makes a life wonderful is not just the geography or the monetary or material part of it, it's the presence of God. It's being in His will. It's Him being pleased with you. That's life. That's joy. That's peace. Go back with me, if you would, to Exodus. Exodus, the uh, 32nd chapter. And let's pick up where we were studying yesterday. In talking about what happened to them, how they hardened their hearts, and unbelief kept them out, you'll see from the time they left Egypt that there were ten separate significant episodes where they could have, should have believed God, trusted Him and obeyed Him, and they chose not to. Not once, not twice, ten major events uh, in, a, in a short amount of time. Now, what this shows you is that uh, you can have, and he said, he said, uh, they've not known my ways. And, and he talked about problems with their heart. Um, they had a, an inclination to unbelief. Their, um, you know, normal setting for them was argue and doubt and distrust instead of being ready to believe. Now, when it comes to other human beings, you should not blindly trust but when it comes to God, he's never lied, he's never failed, he can do what he said, you should trust him immediately. Is that right? Without reservation, without delay, without requiring a whole bunch of things, you should be quick to believe. And it said here in this 32nd chapter that when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves to Aaron and said, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. Now, we just got through reading uh, yesterday's class uh, in that 24th chapter that they had that covenant meal with God. And they saw him. They didn't see his face, but they saw the form of, of God sitting on the throne. And they saw the pavilion in front of his throne. They saw the lightning and the, the power and the fire. And one of the last things that Moses told them before he went up to the mount, which they had asked him to do on their behalf, he said, Tarry, wait for me until we return. 
And it's been less than six weeks. And yet, this is what they say. They say, up, Aaron, get up, get busy, make us gods. What? Which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. Can you hear the disrespect? Can you hear the, in, the, the being ungrateful? As for this Moses, well, you just got through saying it. You wouldn't even be free if it wasn't for God using Moses to lead you out of there. Right? This man that led us uh, you know, out of Egypt. Well, one of the things that you find that unbelief is impatient and opposite of that, faith and trust in God will give God time. Did you hear that class? Say it out loud. Faith, faith. trust in God, gives God time. What does that mean? Gives, gives God time to show you uh, that he's going to do what he said he would do. Yeah, even though, you know, the flesh is always, <laughs> everybody's flesh has an impatient thing about it. And uh, it's why you've got to get a hold of it. Uh, go with me, if you would, to Deuteronomy, the ninth chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 7. And you see something that uh, what's happening here in Deuteronomy is that the Spirit of God through Moses is recounting what happened back there as recorded in Exodus. Deuteronomy 9, 7. He said, remember and forget not how you provoke the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that you did depart out of the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. He said from the very start, you were rebellious. You know, it is a bad, bad habit uh, even from a child, to get used to being defiant and, and argumentative and won't listen and won't comply. See, that's what he's talking about. That's hardening the heart. Hardening the heart instead of being yielded and, and listening and responding. And, and that's the way they were. That was kind of their their preset, <laughs> that whatever came up, they're like, ah, I don't know about that. No, I don't think so. No, you, you know, it is not going to work. No, we're all going to die out here. Now, we mentioned uh, earlier in the week talking about that the world considers sarcasm to be comedy in many, many cases. And that's a subtle trick of the enemy to get that kind of thinking and talk in your mouth. Because that's the kind of thing he can use to help you destroy yourself. No, you shouldn't say things you don't believe. And you shouldn't say things you don't mean. And you shouldn't say things you don't want to happen. Amen. Right? You don't go, well, I guess we'll just all go under, you know. Ha, ha, ha. That ain't funny. Do you want to go under? Well, no, they'll be talking about going under then. With the same amount of breath, you could have said, well, I guess we're all going over. <laughs> right? Keep the door closed on words the enemy can work with and open the door for words God can work with. 
Right? If he called you an overcomer, what do you need to say? I'm an overcomer. What's going to happen? We're overcoming. Right? If he says he supplies all your needs, what do you say? I guess we're not going to make it. I don't know how and where we're going to make it. Hush. So many people, a wonderful start in fixing their life would be duct tape right here. <laughs> he would just do radical things for them and just keep them quiet until we could get some word in them and get them start thinking right and go, okay, now, are you going to say the right thing when I take this? <laughs> and he said, why did you do that? I don't think we're going to. Okay, put it back. Put it back. They're not, they're not ready. I'm not advocating kidnapping anybody. Here. Keep, keep reading. He said, you've been rebellious against the Lord. And verse 12, the Lord said to me, arise and get down quickly from here. For your people, which you brought forth out of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They are quickly turned aside out of the way. Did you hear that phrase? See, God was even remarking about how quickly they just went off the rails without Moses being down there to keep them in line. And, and just less than six weeks ago, they're saying, whatever you say, God, oh, yes, 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 we will do it. Oh, we see the fire. We hear the power. We see, yes, whatever you say. And the first two things they heard him say out of the fire on the mount. One and two of the Ten Commandments. What were they? Anybody remember? You will have no other gods before me. Was number two. You don't make any graven image. Less than six weeks later, what do they do? Let's get some other gods to lead us and let's make some graven images. See, that's, that's not even reasonable. That doesn't even make sense. It's not logical that that's what you would do that quickly. But that's because the very thing God tells you not to do, the enemy is going to try to camp on your shoulder and push you night and day to do that. There will be the push. There will be the temptation. Why? Because the enemy knows that will get you cut off from God. That will get you destroyed. And so he said, uh, they've quickly turned aside out of the way which I commanded them. They've made them a molten image. Furthermore, the Lord spoke to me and said, I've seen this people. Behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Let me alone that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven, and I'll make of you a nation mightier and greater than they. Now, they are speaking irreverently and disrespectfully about Moses, the man who has risked it all over and over for them. Uh, you, you understand, Moses was a wanted man in Egypt. I mean, his picture was in the post office <laughs> for murder. And he's particularly wanted by Pharaoh, which makes it all the, the more serious. And he comes back voluntarily and walks right to the palace and goes right in and demands something. <laughs> and he does this over and over. And, and, and the 
Israelites are fussing at him and cussing him because they're making them work harder with no straw. And Pharaoh and his people are coming down on them. And they feel like they're between the rock and the hard place. But he didn't quit and got them out of there. And even though they blamed him over and over, he still pled their case. And now the very one that they're saying, we don't know what happened to this guy. If it had not been for him pleading their case when God said, leave me alone. Will I, he said, I'll start over with you, Moses. I can work with you. But these, this bunch, they're a stiff-necked bunch. What he's saying, they're not going to change. Well, you know, how many opportunities do you need? Over and over, after a while, you begin to realize this is who they are. They're not going to change. And that's what's happening here on the whole planet. All of us have a lifetime to show God what we're going to do, who we are. Are we going to trust him or not? Are we rebellious and defiant like Satan, his enemy? Or are we going to accept Jesus and be like him and, and come to do God's will, and yield to him and follow him? You have ever how long your life is to demonstrate that. And so then, at the end of all this, God knows who's his, who are not his, who he can work with and who he can't, who, he, who can be his family and who will not be. And it is not his choice. It's our choice. So it says, uh, he came down, verse 16, I looked when he came down off the mount, and behold, you had sinned against the Lord your God and made you a molten calf. You had turned aside quickly out of the way which the Lord commanded you. Did you hear that phrase, turned aside quickly? Quickly turned aside. That's what we had mentioned before. Unbelief is impatient. Unbelief won't give God any time to demonstrate what he has said or to fulfill what he said. Time tries trust. Did you hear that phrase? It tries it. Don't you remember James talks about that? The trying of your faith works patience or perseverance. It works it. How that the scripture said in Hebrews that Abram, through faith and patience, through faith and perseverance, he obtained the promises. After he had patiently endured, he obtained, he received. But see, unbelief puts God on a clock of its making. Unbelief sets time limits and time frames that God never set, that he never said. Unbelief says, well, man, if it don't happen by tomorrow then, you know, it just ain't happening. Well, according to who? Where, where did you come up with this random thing? Can you see what happened to them? They said, well, he's not back by now, and so uh, we don't know what's happened to him, so uh, we need a new plan, we need new gods. Where's all this coming from? Can you hear the antsiness, the impatience, the, the how irrational the flesh is, and this brother, sister, is how you miss God and how you miss God badly 
and how you can wind up forfeiting things and losing things and even being destroyed, even being cut off. But on the other hand, the scripture says, we which have believed do enter into rest. Huh? No matter how many hours pass by, no matter how many days or months or years, class, are you all awake? Pass by. Why? God's still on the throne. He hadn't changed. His word hasn't changed. If he said he will do it, he will do it. Cool your jets. <laughs> chill. Faith knows how to chill. Relax and rest and go, it'll be okay. God knows right where we are. Hmm? And uh, he will let us know. See, what you've you got to watch about getting something in your head, imagining this is the way it's going to work. And if you talk that and think that long enough, then you just decide, well, that's how it's going to be. Said who? Did the Lord tell you that's the way it's going to be? But the problem with that is if you get it all set in your mind, yeah, yeah, we'll probably be done by that by the end of the month. And, and yeah, by the end of the year, we'll have all that together. And, and yeah, even whether you say it or not, you got that in your thinking. And then uh, sometimes the enemy will even push you that way because he knows when it doesn't come to pass that way, you may uh, freak out. You may go, well, what's happening? What's going on? We don't know. We don't know what they say. We don't know what's happened to him. Well, no, you don't move because you don't know something. <laughs> you don't need a reason, you know, uh, not to do something. You need direction to do something. Certainly God would never tell them, make new gods and, and make some statues and do all that. They, they had to know better than that. But see this rebellious streak. This, you know, nobody can tell us what to do. We're going to do it our way. We're going to do it the way we want to do it. And Aaron just buckled to the pressure and made the calves and set up the altars and called for the feast. And if you read the rest of the scripture in Deuteronomy 9, it said uh, uh, that Moses had to plead his case too. Verse 20, Deuteronomy 9, 20, he said, the Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him. And I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. Man, they thought they were upset with uh, Moses because he came down and was mad, but they should have been kissing his feet. Is that right? I'm serious. Why? Because they'd all been wiped out. If he hadn't fallen down. And at one point he even said, God, if, you, if you're not going to forgive them and keep them, just block me out of your book too. You talk about somebody that goes to bat for you. And they didn't appreciate him. They blamed him for all their problems. Why are we talking about this? Because we don't have to be like that. Right? I said, we don't have to be like that. We can be thankful. We can give honor to whom honor is due. Right? And we can stay steady and not, be, not yield to the impatience of the flesh.
Said out loud, I, I will stay steady by the grace of God. I will not yield to the impatience of the flesh. Go with me, if you would, to Isaiah, the 28th chapter. Well, I tell you what, let's do it this way. Go to Proverbs 19. Both of these deal with this, but uh, Proverbs 19 and 2. Proverbs 19, 2 says, Desire without knowledge is not good. I'm reading the Amplified. To be over hasty is to sin and miss the mark. The foolishness of man subverts his way, ruins his affairs. Then his heart is resentful and frets against the Lord. This is not reasonable, but this, this is how many times people wind up. Two translations said it like this. Impatience, this is the good news in today's English. Impatience will get you into trouble. Say that out loud, class. Impatience. Impatience. Will get you into trouble. See, uh, King James and, and Amplified and others said, to be over hasty is to sin and miss the mark. Impatience is connected to sin. Impatience is connected to missing it. Isn't this a clear picture that we've been looking at? We don't know what happened to him. He's been gone too long. We've got to do something. Did they miss the mark? Whew. They missed the whole building. Uh, the Message Bible says people ruin their lives by their own stupidity. And so why does God always get blamed? <laughs> uh, good news says they ruin themselves by their own stupid actions and then blame the Lord. So many times when people have had bad outcomes and then they say, well, why God let this happen to me? No, dear heart. Why didn't you chill and trust God and wait a little bit for you launched out into this goofy thing that God never told you to do? Hmm? Again and again, folks have missed it by moving too fast. Moving too fast. If they'd have just waited, if they'd have just been still for a bit and known that He is God, if they'd have just got quiet for a little bit and listened waited until they had some direction, waited until they had some guidance and knew what to do. Did you hear their language? We don't know what's happened. Exactly. So you need to sit down and be quiet until you find out. And, and, and what's a good practice is to always go back to the last thing the Lord told you. What's the last thing God had told them through Moses? <laughs> Wait here, right? Till I get back. Till we come back. Well see they could have had faith to just do that. He said wait here till he gets back. Well we're going we're gonna to wait here till he gets back. And it would have all been good. He was about to show up. Said out loud. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. For, your grace. for your grace. And by your grace. By your grace I, will I will rest in you. And I will trust in you. And not doubt you. And not be impatient. And not be hasty and sin and miss the mark. I trust you, so I will always wait on you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
and you will be spared, child of God, a whole world of hurt. Well, our time's up again today. Come back tomorrow. There's much more to see here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 